12 and SEC collide at the All-State Sugar Bowl. Number 16, Oklahoma State. Number 12, Ole Miss. Coverage begins New Year's Day at 8.30 Eastern on ESPN and on ESPN Radio. The following program is a paid advertisement. The views reflected on this show are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000. Doctor? 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 You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000. Good morning, everyone. I'm Steve Cashel, radio host of the Chicago Bulls. Welcome to Sports Medicine Weekly here on ESPN 1000. Sports Medicine Weekly being presented in part by AlignMed, by Source, by Athletico Physical Therapy, by ATI Physical Therapy, by Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, by Don Joy Orthopedics, by Karen Mulkin Health Consulting, by Integrated Orthopedics, and by MedWest. I'll soon be joined by my co-host, Dr. Brian Cole, the head team physician for the Chicago Bulls, co-head team physician of the Chicago White Sox, and sports medicine specialist from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Back to get it going right after this on ESPN Radio. I'd been having knee pain for quite some time and did what probably a lot of people do. I just ignored it and hoped it would go away. After a month, I couldn't take the pain anymore. I went to my family orthopedic. He told me that I needed physical therapy. When I received my prescription for therapy, the first thing I did was search PT companies online. I came across ATI Physical Therapy. It's close to home, has some great reviews, and when I called, they verified my insurance and scheduled me right away. No wait, everything was so easy, and the staff was great. And the staff was great. They kept my doctor informed of my progress along the way. Honestly, I looked forward to going to my appointments. ATI made me feel like my recovery was their most important priority. I'd recommend them to anyone needing physical therapy. The experience was something I'll never forget. To learn more about what it's like to be a patient at ATI Physical Therapy, visit ATIPT.com and start your journey to get back to your best today. ATIPT.com. Leading the way in cellular and tissue therapies, Source helps surgeons get their patients back in the game of life. Life-saving and life-enhancing allografts play a critical role in bone and soft tissue repair, helping to restore function and movement. To learn more about Allosource or Allografts, please visit Allosource.org. The best athletes in the world and their medical teams have been trusting Donjoy products for over 30 years. With a goal to protect and return confidence in sport post-injury, Donjoy is the trusted leader to get and keep athletes in action. Whether it's football, basketball, soccer, volleyball, or even the official medical supplier to the U.S. ski team, always trust the global leader in sports medicine. Trust Donjoy, a product of DJO global.com you're listening to sports medicine weekly with steve cashel and dr brian cole on espn 1000 back here on the saturday morning sports medicine weekly steve cashel and dr brian cole net proceeds from our show sports medicine weekly go to support orthopedic research at rush through the live active now dot org fund our producer and board operator george cozzarellos our coordinating producer Teresa ann seeger dr cole do you remember the first time uh you did a, a tissue transplant? Steve, I do. Um, it's interesting because I haven't thought about it in a long time. Uh, probably uh, somewhere around 1997 in the winter. I remember when I had you know, my first guy who came in, had a college injury where he had an ACL tear and lost his meniscus, and probably five years out, and just terrific pain. This is the initiation of our program at Rush. It was very early. And, you know, you uh, you got to be so selective, especially when you're starting a relatively new procedure. And he, you know, really was sort of the, the, the right age, the right problem, the right level of symptoms. 
and he was indicated for a meniscal transplant where we transplant someone else's tissue or meniscus and an osteochondral allograft, which is where we take a piece of bone and cartilage together and reconstruct one side of the knee with human tissue. And as you know, at a really young and age... And bone as well, you yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, it's bone and cartilage, and and that's really most commonly what the problem is. So I just remember it was a snowy... It was during the winter, so I wasn't in practice that long. It was August I started in 97. And um, he came over to my house because we lived in the same area. The night before a surgery, we sat and talked about it. And, uh, you know, so next day, you know, surgery happened, went, you know, very well. Uh, technically, those were very hard operations back then. They've gotten a lot easier as we've improved our instrumentation. And uh, he got uh, 10 to 15 years out of that before he ever had a problem again. So um, in- encouraging uh, first results and uh, just a great experience and, and thankfully went very well. And how has it changed in the 18 years? You know, it's interesting. The the changes have been sort of incremental. We've looked at preservation techniques, ways to uh, look at uh, ways to enhance the biology, uh, to improve uh, the donor yield, to prevent contamination, uh, uh, ways to you know, to process the grafts. But the reality is, you know, the, the 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 limiting factor, at least that I've seen from the beginning until now, has been graft availability. That's still the most important issue, and it's becoming extremely common as an option to treat joint problems. Whereas, you know, we spent a lot of time and energy looking at these alternatives, these biologics and cell-based technologies, all these really fancy things that require the uh, oversight of the FDA. Uh, the allografts, uh, in my sort of uh, stratosphere of orthopedic surgeons. Uh, at all the meetings I go to, every single meeting, the numbers just keep growing and growing because it's proven to be probably the best option we have. We now have data on professional athletes. We have data on revising failed transplants. We have 10-year data that's showing 90% survivorship. I mean, really some compelling uh, information by looking at our outcomes that say these are probably some of the best solutions we have for the young arthritic uh, patient. It's all about the donor network as well, right? Absolutely. And Allosaurus is a big key to that. And let's bring on uh, one of our experts, Senior Medical Director and Chairman of Allosaurus Medical Advisory Board, Dr. Ross Wilkins, joining us from Colorado. Thanks so much, uh, Dr. Wilkins, for for joining us. We know you played a key role in founding Allosaurus. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, how the organization started? Um, sure, Steve. It's um, it, it's been a, it's been it's quite a, a, a story and a and a, a saga in a way and a journey. We came back from uh, uh, the Mayo Clinic where I worked with Airbone Bank in 1984 back to Denver, and uh, at that time we were doing just little pieces of bone and bigger pieces of bone for some tumor work. Um, and uh, actually, in those days, we would do one donor a month uh, with our local bank. Here in Denver, and uh, but we slowly built things up and improved our techniques and our our network for getting donors. And uh, we made bone available to other surgeons around the country, um, uh, folks there at Rush. And it became evident that there was a need, a national need, a national international need uh, for more bone and more tissue. And we just slowly built up. And then in the in the mid to late 90s, it became evident that um, we needed to, to organize a little bit more. Strategically, and actually now Allosource is the world's largest not-for-profit consortium of um, uh, tissue and organ banks uh, in the world. And we're actually owned, we're centered here in Denver, um, in Centennial, Colorado, but we're actually owned by the organ and tissue procurement agencies around the country. So it's almost like a big cooperative. So we get um, we get the best tissues, the best uh, quality and the best volume of, of these tissues from actually the people, uh, uh, it's in their best interest to, to, to give us those tissues 
and um, and uh, do best practices and, and get these things uh, yeah, available for the surgeons. Ross, tell me something. You're, I know you have a, a robust uh, joint preservation type practice in uh, Denver. How did you actually get? What was your first position with Allosource? Did you come on as medical director? Well, yeah. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, literally back in 1984, um, when I came back to Denver, there was a very, very rudimentary bone bank, and literally there were there were ladies cleaning bone in a garage. Um, which wasn't exactly what we wanted to do. So we just uh, slowly built that up, and I've been involved with with not only that part of it, but the the regulatory, uh, the building, the donor recruitment, um, and all the research uh, that whole time. And, yeah, I've I've kind of always been the chief medical person because I'm also a user. Uh, You know, it's a real passion and a, and a real enjoyment for me not to not only to use the tissue but to to make it available to not only my practice and and um, and to other folks locally but really internationally now we distribute tissue all over the world. Busy with Dr. Ross Wilkins, the senior medical director and chairman of L Source Medical Advisory Board. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Coles of Sports Medicine Weekly. Um, Dr. Ross, uh, can you talk about how you use allografts to provide both structure and mobility? Yeah, I think. I get really the easiest way to think of it is, you know, your musculoskeletal system is what motors you. Uh, it's the structure uh, and also propels you. And so the ability to replace pieces that are missing, whether it's bone or tendon or, or ligament or cartilage, to replace those those moving parts, if you will. Um, and, so, you know, we always make the analogy with our cars. Um, and original equipment is better. And what is more miraculous than, than replacing, you know, a an, an, an damaged athlete's knee um, with, a, with a fresh um, living cartilage uh, graft that's the same size and shape uh, that's come from a, from a, from a donor? I mean, it, it just it makes infinite sense. And as Brian has said, it, it's really one of the most gratifying surgeries that we do uh, because it's not artificial uh, it's biologic. It's it's um, it's a living um, um, uh, graft in many instances, and it, it, it's just a, a, a wonderful way to replace missing parts. And uh, Dr. Wilkins, I'm sure you've got some great patient stories uh, that stand out. What's one that's uh, quite memorable to you? Well, one of the ones that is not only memorable, well, memorable for many reasons, especially nowadays, uh, was one of the Columbine victims. Um, she was um, uh, the Columbine school shootings. And that was almost 15 years ago, and she was shot point blank in the shoulder with a 12-gauge shotgun, mm. uh, and it completely destroyed her, her shoulder and her proximal uh, arm bone and, and joint. And really no, in fact, I mean, the, originally they, they were planning amputation. But, um, you know, we said, well, gee, we really do have the ability to replace these missing parts. Um, so we, uh, we basically transplanted an arm bone. Uh, with the cartilage uh, surface, with the tendon attached, the actual, um, some people will be familiar with what the rotator cuff is. It's the tendons that attach to the muscles that move your shoulder. And we, we were able to replace that uh, uh, exactly as her natural tissue would, would have been placed. Wow. And she was a, it turns out she's a pretty um, motivated young gal. She competed a year later in the World Quarter Horse Show. Um, subsequently became an oncology nurse um, and now actually um, uh, helps with donor recruitment, bone um, tissue and organ procurement um, uh, efforts and stuff around the country. And she gives lectures and tells her story. 
And so it's really it's a great story for many reasons, but it's come full circle now, and she's she's helping um, um, basically get tissue that um, helped her many years ago. Wonderful story. I want to have final uh, before we uh, let you go, Doctor Wilkins. Ask both you and Doctor Cole where do you see the future of uh, allografts going? Doctor Cole, you first. Um, I think that our most at least most of my interest and efforts have been on taking what we know now and maximizing the fitness of these graphs because they're not they're considered at least the ones I use are considered fresh graphs so we get them in you know after blood is tested for bacteria and so forth so generally no sooner than 14 days but we're doing things to make sure that the graphs are as fit and healthy as possible when we put them in and we're now about to embark with Allosaurus's study uh, looking at immediate weight-bearing, for example. So most of us will put our patients on crutches after doing these graphs, but I've long thought that we could be more aggressive. We've just been a little bit fearful. So um, we are now looking at outcomes about immediate weight-bearing. We're looking at outcomes in high-level athletes. And for revision situations, really complex scenarios where other everything else fails. So a lot of it's based on improving the fitness of the graft and maximizing our outcomes in more demanding patients. Can you add to that, add to that Dr. Ross? Yeah, I think um, I, I think there there are several things that we're working to achieve. One of which is we need more graphs, so we need more donors. Um, so if, if I gave a pitch on your on your show here, it's that uh, everyone listening should should sign up to be a tissue and organ donor because we need the tissues uh, uh, here, um, and they're very valuable uh, to the people that receive those tissues. The other uh, area that I think is exciting, just like um, uh, Brian said, is this is how to, how to use these graphs more intelligently, perhaps more efficiently, um, using, uh, uh, hopefully within the next couple of years, using graphs actually to treat primary arthritis on both sides of the joints. Um, but eventually I think uh, there, there will be a limit to the, uh, the number of graphs that are available, and, and there has to be a marriage eventually between biology and, um, and mechanics and artificial parts. And you're all familiar with sort of the cyborg, um, um, you know, approach, um, you know, half human, half man, half machine. Um, eventually, I think we're going to learn how to integrate artificial parts um, with grafted parts with human uh, existing parts. And I think that's, that's really going to be one of the exciting things uh, so that we can use artificial parts that will last much longer than they do now. Wonderful stuff. Dr. Ross Wilkins from uh, Allosaurus. Many thanks, uh, Dr. Wilkins, for joining us here on Sports Medicine Weekly. Anytime. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Back with more of Sports Medicine Weekly after these messages on ESPN Radio. Feeling tired, sluggish, and overweight? If you're looking to lose weight and gain energy, join us in Karen Mulkin's 14-Day Transformation Cleanse. You're going to absolutely love this Whole Foods cleanse. You'll feel great, lose weight, build lean muscle, improve sleep, boost metabolism, and enhance athletic performance. This VIP done-for-you cleanse comes with a 14-day transformation wellness bag containing MCT Lean Vegan Protein Blend, fat-burning MCT Lean MCT Oil, snacks, superfoods, recipes, guidelines, videos, and other surprises. You will absolutely love this program. Sign up at 14daytransformation.com. That's the numbers 14daytransformation.com or visit Karen's website at karenmalkin.com. That's K-A-R-E-N-M-A-L-K-I-N.com.
All of us at Sports Medicine Weekly would like to take this opportunity to thank you for supporting us for the past five seasons. Sports Medicine Weekly was developed to educate our listeners about groundbreaking orthopedic research, such as investigating alternatives to knee and shoulder replacement, improving the outcomes of rotator cuff repair, and the use of stem cells in sports medicine and surgery. The Live Active Foundation was created by Dr. Brian Cole and patient John Golden to help improve physical performance and the quality of our patients' lives. This is all made possible by the support of our sponsors and now listeners like you. If you would like to make a contribution to Live Active and support the revolutionary translational research that we are doing at Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, please visit the website liveactivenow.org and select the Donate menu. Your tax-deductible gift will support research under the direction of Dr. Brian Cole, a professor in the Department of Orthopedic Surgery at Rush University Medical Center. Additional ways that Dr. Cole is funding his cutting-edge research is by donating the net proceeds of his newly released book, Basketball Anatomy. This illustrated guide is a great way for listeners to contribute to our cause while learning how to optimize performance and maximize on-court power, strength, agility, and quickness. The book also examines the anatomy of the most common injuries to the ankle, knee, and shoulder. To learn more about basketball anatomy, go to humankinetics.com and search basketball anatomy. And thank you for your consideration to support the Live Active Fund. Correct alignment and good posture are keys to health and performance. Alignment, a science and clinical test-based company, addresses this fundamental wellness need through its revolutionary line of products. Wearing alignment will dynamically train muscles and joints, strengthen and improve posture performance and prevent injury. Elite professional athletes, leading doctors, physical therapists, active adults, and everyday workers already enjoy the benefits. And all you have to do to feel and look better is wear alignment. That's why we say alignment get into it at athletico physical therapy we know there is freedom from pain and you can get back to doing the things you love whether it's running an 8k playing a game of tag in the yard or walking safely to your car pain should not slow you down with locations throughout eight states that offer complimentary injury screens your choice to go with our team is the smart choice visit athletico.com to request your complimentary injury screening and start feeling better with us today athletico better for everybody you're listening to sports medicine weekly on espm 1000 Back here on the Saturday morning, Sports Medicine Weekly. Net proceeds from our show, Sports Medicine Weekly, go to support orthopedic research at Rush through the liveactivenow.org fund. Our producer this morning and board operator, Eric Ostrowski. Our coordinating producer, Tresan Seeger. And this is Chicago's premier sports medicine program. I'm Steve Cashel with Dr. Brian Cole. Dr. Cole, easy question for you. Are meniscal injuries the new ACL? Injury. Well, I, we're hearing I, a lot yeah. more about meniscal tears. I knew nothing until you know we see Russell Westbrook and Derrick Rose and some of these high-profile NBA players, and all of a sudden, I got my eight-year-old and my ten-year-old home tell me, "Dad, they got a meniscus tear." They're saying this stuff, and I didn't know about meniscus tears when I was eight and ten. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, meniscal tears are clearly more common than ACL tears. Really? You're only seeing and hearing about them in our active athletes who are you know visible in the media. But it's still, you know, as we age, it's still one of the most common reasons people will seek treatment from an orthopedic surgeon with a knee problem will be a meniscal tear. 
Yeah, but you're you know you're just seeing it's very visible and people are curious. They have a lot of uh, misunderstanding in terms of what it means, how you treat it, how you get it, and what the future uh, beholds once you have one of these and once it gets treated. Well, let's see what the, the folks from Athletico are doing. Uh, they do such a wonderful job. Dave Heidloff is with us in studio this morning, Oak Park River Forest High School, co-head athletic trainer, also Dominican University athletic trainer and strength and conditioning coach. And uh, Dave, um, a former head athletic trainer for the men's team for the McDonald's All-American basketball game. So some nice credentials. And uh, what are you seeing, uh, David, as we thank you for joining us here in Sports Medicine Weekly on this Saturday morning? Um, meniscal injuries becoming uh, more problematic or more popular? Yeah, I think just with the increase in uh, sport and the uh, year-round sports play that we're seeing out of a lot of athletes, I think the the exposure to potential knee injury is increasing. And because of that, we are seeing an increase in uh, meniscal injuries. So, Dr. Cole, uh, I know we were talking about a little of this off-air with Dave uh, before we uh, started the segment. Um, uh, it comes up, why do you repair while we're seeing a lot of re-tears. Uh, you have, you can yeah, repair yeah. or you can remove, right, the meniscus? Sure. It's a complicated issue, but there are certain tears that uh, have a high likelihood of healing because the blood supply is good. Okay. And the reason we would like to repair them when they happen acutely or suddenly is that, A, there's a small percentage of people who very early after removing the meniscus will remain or shortly thereafter become symptomatic. There's another group who will do fine initially but have a significant incidence of arthritis developing. In fact, it's in, in the literature, it could be up to 50% of people at 10 years show X-ray evidence of arthritis. That being said, there's still a significant lag in terms of who actually becomes symptomatic or has problems. So the challenge comes in that when you weigh not the fact that not everyone will have problems with that 1 in 5 or 2 in 5 who have a meniscal repair will re-tear within 5 years, it's the right question to ask, why repair? It, you're banking on the fact that it has a higher likelihood of healing than certain other tears that won't heal because the blood supply is bad, that you are hopefully preventing the onset of arthritis at some time in that person's life and giving them an opportunity to avoid the persistence of pain that might otherwise occur if you take it out all the way. There's a lot of theoreticals there, but you know, statistically, you're better off having an intact meniscus to improve and maintain the long-term health of your knee. That's a fact. We know that. And, Dave, what are you guys doing at Athletico? Let's talk a little bit about the, when you guys see the, the meniscal injuries and um, uh, what you guys, uh, what your expertise is there. Yeah, so one thing that we like to do is, um, you know, as Dr. Cole said, is kind of get back to the natural anatomy of the knee, which is where the meniscal repairs can be um, kind of provide an advantage sometimes over uh, some of the other treatment options. Um, and that when you restore the natural anatomy of the knee, you get uh, better stability, better shock absorption, and uh, reduced friction and reduced bone-on-bone contact, which helps uh, reduce the likelihood of getting arthritis in the future. Um, so, you know, once the, the surgeons do their handiwork, it's, it's up to us to make sure that not only ha- is the knee healing properly and getting back to normal range of motion and normal strength, but also maybe looking at reasons why someone might have torn their meniscus and looking at maybe their biomechanics, like maybe someone when they do a squat, their knees tend to come in a little bit, or uh, when they're doing a higher level athletic move, maybe they don't have as much control in the knee or the hip or the ankle, and and really looking at those factors and trying to reduce anyone's chance of a re-injury. Dr. Cole, how important is that post-op program when you send someone to, to an athletic co 
uh, and say this is this is the program. You go see these guys and and ladies, and uh, and you must go through this uh, in order to uh, to try to for the, for the best, you know, get back into the game, so to speak. I'd say it's uh, really critical. Uh, you know, we can do the same job to ten people surgically, and obviously, there's a certain amount of dependence upon their biology and healing what we treat. But how they manage a rehab postoperatively, especially in the vulnerable phase, the first six to eight weeks after surgery is is, is really important. So patients often don't have the know-how to do the, the proper regimen, and certainly their structures are at risk for re-injury if things are handled improperly. So that's the time when I'm, we're really most dependent upon use of physical therapy, especially in that you know, that post-operative phase, say six to eight weeks, where it's really critical to prevent re-injury and also to maximize the chance of getting back to be able to do everything. And Dave, you guys ever look into something uh, trying to avoid the uh, the meniscus or uh, tears or the, the ACLs? Sure, yeah. I mean, um, you know, the meniscal tears can be a little bit more subtle um, in in the mechanism, excuse me, mechanism of injury. Um, so it can be a little bit more difficult to avoid. Um, we do a lot of injury prevention work uh, over at the high school, trying to reduce knee injuries in general. Um, and at least anecdotally, we've had a lot of success by looking at what people's mechanics look like when they're doing some higher level functional activities and trying to correct anything that we see um, that, that might lead to a potential injury. Yes, Doc, I guess that's the way that the medicine has changed, right? Try and look for the preventative stuff now. You know, yeah, I think as we sort of have talked about uh, in previous shows about education and injury prevention, uh, that's the coup de grace. You know, we're plenty busy surgically. We'd like to be less busy surgically, and I think the place we can make the greatest impact. Frankly, that's the reason I like to do this show, is that through education and um, non-surgical intervention, I think we will. We and we already do it. We prevent injury by through education. I mean, that's why we have this shoulders for life and knees for life campaign. It already has made a significant difference in our young athletes. And I think the more research we do in this area, the more we know, and the more we're going to have a, a net effect on our on our our local uh, population. Tell me again. You've said this on previous shows. More meniscus tears, more ACL tears in women or men. ACL tears in women by far, probably right? five to seven to one. Really? Yeah. And why is that? Uh, there's a number of sort of anatomic factors. The way they're aligned, their hips tend to be broader than their knees, so they, they tend to be knock-kneed and their hips are broad. So there, there's some weak relative, uh, uh, I say, how do I, asymmetries, I would say, in muscle groups that can lead to injury. They tend to have very strong quadricep muscles and weak hamstring muscles, and that deficit can lead to an increased incidence. Their jump and land, the way they land in flex need versus extended position, there's a ton of different factors that uh, are modifiable that can, in some series, reduce the incidence of ACL tears in females up to 35 40% uh, if these things are corrected. Wow. Same literature you're getting, Dave? Yeah, and that's why you know we, we always follow where the science guides us, and uh, that's where it's heading right now is towards prevention. Absolutely. We're out of time. Thanks so much, uh, Dave Hyveloff from uh, Athletico, Oak Park River Forest High School, and also Dominican University, strength and conditioning coach. Appreciate you jumping in with us on Sports Medicine Weekly. Thanks for having me back on. All right, David. Back with more of our show with Dr. Cole and I after this. On ESPN Radio. The Chicago Bulls, White Sox, and DePaul Blue Demons rely on Midwest Orthopedics at Rush for advanced orthopedic treatment. So can you. We are the team physicians for these Chicago teams, and we're ready to be on your healthcare team, too. Get expert care from these regional leaders at four Chicagoland locations. Learn more at RushOrtho.com. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, your world-class team physicians. 
Leading the way in cellular and tissue therapies, Ellosource helps surgeons get their patients back in the game of life. Life-saving and life-enhancing allografts play a critical role in bone and soft tissue repair, helping to restore function and movement. To learn more about Ellosource or Ellografts, please visit Ellosource.org. The best athletes in the world and their medical teams have been trusting Donjoy products for over 30 years. With a goal to protect and return confidence in sport post-injury, Donjoy is the trusted leader to get and keep athletes in action. Whether it's football, basketball, soccer, volleyball, or even the official medical supplier to the U.S. ski team, always trust the global leader in sports medicine. Trust Donjoy, a product of djoglobal.com. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush is nationally recognized as a leader in comprehensive orthopedic services. As team physicians for the Chicago Bulls, Chicago White Sox, and Chicago Fire Soccer Club, their physicians understand the importance of quality care for high-performance athletes and weekend warriors. Regardless of the level of the athlete, recreational, high school, college, even professionals, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush strives to provide the highest quality state-of-the-art health care services. To better serve their patients, they provide expert care across four Chicagoland locations, with a new location in northwest Indiana coming soon. Their cutting-edge research, diagnosis methods, and treatments make them the highest-ranked program in the state of Illinois by U.S. News and World Report rankings. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit them at RushOrtho.com or call 877-MD-BONES. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush, when only the best will do. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly with Steve Cashel and Dr. Brian Cole on ESPN 1000. Well, that will do it for another edition of Sports Medicine Weekly. Many thanks to our producer and board operator, George Katsarillos. Our coordinating producer is Teresa Ann Seeger. We also want to thank David Cole for managing the website and our business operations, as well as Samantha Smith. For Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel saying so long. Thanks for listening to Sports Medicine Weekly here on ESPN 1000. Back to do it again next week. We'll see you then. The preceding program was a paid advertisement. The views reflected are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000. Daddy of them all, number five, Iowa, number six, Stanford, the Rose Bowl game presented by Northwestern Mutual. Coverage begins New Year's Day at 5 Eastern on ESPN and ESPN Radio.